Hi friends, my name is Caitlin Matchy, and I would like to welcome you to The Thought Maze. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have a very special guest on The Thought Maze today. I would like to introduce you to my friend, Jamie Wyatt. And Jamie's gonna talk to us a little bit about mindfulness and meditation and how it could benefit your mental health. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Caitlin. Thanks for having me today. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on. So would you like to um, maybe start us off with explaining a little bit the differences between mindfulness and meditation? I know a lot of people probably think they're the same thing. Sure, I can start there. Mindfulness is a state of being aware in a non-judgmental way of the things that are going on in the present moment. And while they're often connected to meditation, and meditation is a practice to get you towards mindfulness, meditation is not required to be a mindful person. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And tell me a little bit about how you got started. So a few years ago, I got started using the Headspace app, which most people have heard of through commercials or through a friend. The Headspace app features typically 10-minute meditations that you can do daily, and they can take you through different troubles. So they'll have a pack on feeling happier, or a pack if you're suffering from grief, or a pack if you want to become more creative. And you would go through those packs, and they would help you in any aspect of your life. And I was at a place in my life where I decided that maybe I needed a little bit of help. I needed something to make me be a better version of myself. So I decided to start meditating. I did that for three years. I do a daily meditation. And ultimately, it, it just kind of became an ingrained, the mindfulness part became kind of ingrained in my daily life. Uh, since then, I've also started practicing yoga. Uh, I've read up on Buddhism and Taoism and Hinduism to try to find some some wisdom in the Eastern philosophies. So tell me what you know about how meditation can benefit you, not only your mental health, but physically or physiologically as well. Absolutely. Meditation and mindfulness are a great way to relieve stress. There's been research on it reducing anxiety. Physically, there was a study a while back where students were given a 10-minute meditation, and before and after the meditation, they had their uh, hormone levels checked. And they found that the level of oxytocin in their body, in their, their saliva sample, went up after just a simple 10-minute meditation exercise. Hmm. Well, that's really cool. So you talked a little bit about how you got started um, in, you know, mindfulness and meditation. What kind of um, tips do you have for somebody who doesn't really know how to get started themselves or how to integrate it into their daily life? The flood of apps that have appeared over the last 10 years or so for meditation are great. There's apps like Meditation or Calm. There's an app called 10% Happier by a man named Dan Harris and another one called Waking Up by Sam Harris. Dan Harris and Sam Harris are really interesting individuals. Dan Harris was a correspondent for, I believe, ABC News, and he suffered a nervous breakdown while on camera on live TV. And because of that, he had some health problems that occurred after the nervous breakdown. He ultimately ended up leaving his job as a reporter and went on this journey of discovery. He was an atheist, and he didn't want anything spiritual. And he found meditation and moved forward in a, in a way to become, as his app name would infer, 10% happier. He's also written a book called 10% Happier. And 
his whole philosophy is that you can do this without the religious aspect to it. And you can do it without having to be into essential oils or smudging or crystals or any of those other things that, that people seem to tie importance to. You can just have a secular meditation. Sam Harris is very similar. He can get a little bit crazier. He'll have some interesting thoughts on how you get to, to the point of mindfulness. But he has kind of the same the same position. His book, Waking Up, was specifically about being spiritual without being religious. And his meditation app and the, the meditation prompts that he has works the same way. Uh, another good book is by an author, John Kabat-Zinn. John Kabat-Zinn has a mindfulness for beginners. And it's kind of even almost like a chicken soup for the soul. Little snippets that give you ideas of what mindfulness is and how you can achieve it. Quite simply, the act of mindfulness when it comes to meditation, most people think, I have to clear my mind. I have to keep my clear mind, my mind clear. I can't think about anything. That's not what mindfulness is. Mindfulness is that act of saying, oh, my mind is thinking. I'm not focusing on what's going on right now. I'm thinking about what happened yesterday, an argument I had that I'm trying to win in my head. Or thinking about tomorrow. What am I going to do? What am I going to have for dinner later tonight? And the idea is to say, no, that's where my mind was. Now let's bring it back to where it is right now. What am I doing right now? Often, that'll be focusing on the breath. You sit for a while, you feel yourself breathing, you hear the sound of yourself breathing, and then when your mind starts to wander, you just bring it back to that same thought of, this is what my breath feels like, this is what it sounds like, and just keep doing that over and over. And the secret, the thing that people miss is that they think the point is to have a clear mind, when really, the point is noticing, I'm thinking, Let's come back. Um, I've talked in previous episodes about the idea of using yoga as a tool for mental health because you are supposed to incorporate that idea of mindfulness or meditation kind of into the practice. Can you elaborate a little bit on how exactly that goes? Yes. When you're in a yoga practice, your focus is no longer necessarily on the breath, though breath is an important part of yoga. When you're in a yoga practice, you're worried about getting your leg or your arm or your back or your side into a certain position and being able to focus on those parts is what helps you in your yoga practice. So for instance, in a balance pose, whether it be tree pose, a dancer pose, a headstand, crow pose, any sort of balance pose where you have to focus on that balance. If your mind begins to wander to your grocery list, there's a chance you're going to fall. So keeping your mind in that moment is an important thing. When it comes to yoga specifically, uh, the original text from yoga, it's called the Yoga Sutra, written by a man, I'm going to screw this name up, 2,000 years ago, I believe his name was Patanjali. And Patanjali was writing the teachings of yoga. The first two standards are now the teaching of yoga. Yoga is the quieting of the mind. It's not having a quiet mind, it's quieting the mind. I had a yoga teacher who would often say the point of yoga is get yourself into a difficult position and then learn to breathe. And that could really be said about most of life. When you find yourself in a difficult position, the best thing you can do is stop and breathe. Absolutely. So how important is consistency and duration in practicing mindfulness and meditation? Well, d duration does play a part. However, most people think, oh, you have to you have to eventually learn how to meditate for an hour on end or go to a silent retreat and meditate for three days straight. That's not the case. 
even a simple three or five minute meditation, just a moment to center yourself, focus on your breath. It really gives you an opportunity to forget about the things that are going on around you. That's enough to keep your practice up. That's enough to experience the benefits of meditation. As far as consistency, it's better if you can be consistent, but the important part, and again, a big part of mindfulness, is that non-judgment. If you miss a day, don't sweat it. Just come back and do it the next day, or the next day that you're able to. Mm-hmm. And so you're studying to be a counselor as well. I am. We're in the same program. Have you thought about incorporating mindfulness and meditation into therapeutic practices, and how do you think that would look? I have. I think I will encourage most of my clients to take up some type of meditation practice, even if it's just a five-minute reset at the beginning of one of our sessions. I currently have been looking into the ACT modality, acceptance and commitment therapy, and mindfulness and meditation is a big part of that modality. It's also in DBT, there's there's a, a meditation component as well as a few other places. I think the mindfulness is, is really important. It's that non-judgmental part. One of the things I struggled with early on in meditation, the Headspace app, Andy Pudicom, the person who narrates the, most of the meditations there, would often talk about thoughts in the Buddhist idea. Thoughts and feelings. That your thoughts and your feelings are not who you are. And I struggled with that for quite a bit. And he would go even further to say, meditation is all about accepting who you are and how things are in the world. And for me, I was doing meditation in order to better myself. So there's a big discrepancy between thinking, I'm very happy with who I am now, and I also want to better myself. That became a bit of confusion for me. But I think there is a a headspace pun intended, between accepting who you are in a non-judgmental way, whether it's your good qualities, your bad qualities, things you've done that you're not proud of, things you've done that you are proud of. You're not any of those one things. You're not the best thing you've done, and you're definitely not the worst thing that you've done. You're some other person in between. And that is kind of where I found that idea of okay, I am happy with who I am right now. I am happy with the way things are right now, or at least content. And I can also want to be better. I can also want to improve in areas, and I can want my life to improve. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And what is the quote that you always tell me that I remember? People are not good or bad, they're people? There's, there, yeah, there's a, there's a line from a song. It's, it's uh, one I've used a lot. It's, I used to think people were good. Now I just think that they're people. And that's, but exactly how you said it, It, it's people are not good or bad. They're just people. I think that ties in very well with just the idea of practicing this non-judgment and just recognizing the thoughts that pass and realize that you're not good, not bad. You're, you're just a person. Right. And that, that comes up a lot, especially in acceptance and commitment therapy. I mean, we both went to a seminar where they were talking about acceptance and commitment therapy with opioid users. And there's a lot of guilt among people who are, who are abusing opioids that they are bad people because of it. And if they were using with someone who died, the grief and the guilt and shame behind that. And to be able to tell them, that's not who you are. Your addiction is not who you are. And the good things that you did aren't necessarily who you are either. You're somewhere in between. You're just a human trying to do things. 
Well, I mean, you've given us so many great resources today. I'm hoping that someone out there has thought about the idea of starting mindfulness or meditation or even yoga and looks up uh, some of these resources and, you know, maybe you've given them uh, a little bit of a push to, to start kind of incorporating this into their lives. So thank you for that. No problem. I hope it helped. I'm sure it did. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Jamie, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back again soon. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us again this week, my friends. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast to The Thought Maze and follow me on social media. I am on TikTok and Instagram at The Thought Maze. And I just want to finish off as usual with a quote from Michael Singer. You are not the voice in your mind. You are the one who hears it. Thank you so much, my friends, and I'll see you next week. by Caitlin Matchy. Please remember, if you have an immediate mental health need, the mental health hotline is available anytime. Please call or text 988.